I'm saying this, you know, in case there's a person of color who's listening right now and they're wondering if they want to get into the world of wellness. And, and I'm just saying, yes, uh, you should. And there will be people like you who want you and who want to um, experience what you have to offer. From UW Tacoma, this is Pod Defiance. Welcome to Pod Defiance, where we don't lecture, but we do educate. I'm Eric Wilson-Edge. Today on the pod, representation in the world of wellness with UW Tacoma alumna, Hin Hong. Hong teaches yoga and meditation in the Tacoma area. Her courses are geared towards members of the BIPOC community. We'll talk with Hong about the lack of diversity in the wellness community, and we'll also talk about how she's tackling these issues head on through the courses she offers. Hien Hong, welcome to Pod Defiance. Uh, I'm glad to have you. Um, so for folks who don't uh, know you, I wonder if you can just give us a brief introduction. Hi, yes, thank you for having me. So uh, my name is Hien. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I was a graduate from UW Tacoma, um, class of 2015. Uh, I studied in the PPE program. Um, politics, philosophy, and economics, and I am currently a yoga and meditation teacher um, and mentor, and I have um, a business. I want to start by talking, you know, you do, you teach yoga and meditation, so what led you to actually start, you know, just doing it as a student, Um, and, you know, why did you decide to start? Yeah, so um, I started practicing yoga um, when I was 15 years old, and at the time, it was just um, sort of an after-school activity that I did um, in order to get PE credit. So it really just started off with that, just me trying to get PE credit, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I was a very anxious uh, student, and it really helps me to relieve my stress. And so when I was around that age, you know, between 15 and 19 was when I was um, a student and doing yoga and meditation. Um, and then shortly uh, around then was when I decided I wanted to go into teaching it. Let's talk then about that pra- that, that transition from you're, you're a student and then you decide you want to teach it. Um, so what was that process like for you? What does it involve? Yeah. So um, for me, um, I, you know, I was attending UW Tacoma and I had a path that I thought I wanted to do. You know, I just really wanted to finish my degree and then I wanted to go to grad school and I was really hoping to be like one of my professors. Like I just really wanted to be a professor. Um, But I realized in my senior year that it was not for me, that that path. Um, takes a special kind of person. And I really appreciate everyone, you know, who goes to grad school and is a professor. Um, But I think for me, I just realized that I was not the right fit. um, And that world was not going to, like, I would not be good at it (laughs) eventually is what I kind of realized. And I, what I knew is that I really um, enjoyed uh, yoga and meditation. And I was just so curious about some of the deeper aspects of it, besides, you know, just taking a yoga class. And so I decided to do a yoga teacher training, um, just a basic 200 hour teacher training at a local studio. And I did that 
the same year as my senior year at UWT. What was what was that like for you, Dupi? Um, that sounds like a lot. So to be finishing your degree and to be doing this 200-hour program, um, what was that like for you? It was really stressful. Um, it was it was amazingly stressful. Like I would be really, um, you know, tired from my week uh, at school doing, you know, schoolwork and homework and writing papers and whatnot. Um, and then, you know, there would be days, uh, it would be like a weekend. So like Friday, Saturday and Sunday, uh, once weekend a month, I would have to go um, like this was, you know, pre-COVID day. So in-person yoga teacher training um, and they would last, you know, like the whole day. And I was so, <laughs> I was so exhausted. I, I look back and I'm not quite sure how I was able to actually finish my degree and like not fail because it was just a lot of work. Um, it was a lot of work. And also it was when I began to see um, that I was not reflected in the yoga space, that it was a very, um, it really attracted a certain kind of demographic. It attracted a lot of white women, uh, people who were older than me usually. Uh, and, you know, people who this was like sort of like their second career or, you know, something else they wanted to do in addition to what they already did. And that was also really jarring as well. Um, so which leads into sort of the, the heart of our conversation today that I wanted to talk about. Um, so you have your own business, uh, and the thing that I find really intriguing about your business is that you are specifically looking to teach yoga and meditation to the BIPOC community. Um, I wonder, you know, if you could talk about the decision to go that route. For me, uh, coming into a yoga teacher training and then kind of just realizing and just feeling like, wow, this is really what it is like, actually, uh, it was just like, wow, it, it was just a very um, white space and it, it was not a very diverse space. And this is not to say that it couldn't be because there are places and trainings where it could be more diverse. But just back then, and I was so young, um, it, it felt really uncomfortable for me. But of course, because I was really set on doing this, uh, I decided to, you know, just go into teaching. And so you know, I would teach at studios um, and some other spaces, and I never really felt comfortable with myself uh, or, or with being there in such, you know, a white space when I knew that this practice could be so helpful to so many other people who weren't in the room. Um, and so, you know, actually at the time, I was actually really hoping and waiting on just my whatever the yoga community in the area. Uh, I was actually kind of hoping that people would do something about it, like other people would do something about it. Um, and that didn't happen. <laughs> and, and I guess that goes back to being like really young and naive thinking, okay, I see this issue, uh, but there are people who are uh, more qualified than me or people who are more experienced than me. Um, and, and I'm just hoping that they'll do something about it. Um, but that did not happen. Um, and so I sort of had to go and do something differently. It looks like the wellness community has a representation problem. Um, I wonder if you can talk about why do you think that is? You know, I think that there, the, the, wellness, the wellness community has a lot of problems and, and representation is, you can think of it as one of them, but I also am beginning to think of it maybe as just a symptom of a bigger problem or bigger problems. Um, and I think a big part of it is in just sort of the cultural appropriation 
um, that I see, especially in like yoga meditation circles. But there's, you know, other wellness modalities and practices, too. Um, and so for those who don't know what cultural appropriation is, um, it's when a dominant group strips down the context of a practice or a tradition and then offer it something else for their own benefit. And so this is exactly what I see a lot in the wellness space and in yoga in particular. You know, I it's sort of you kind of see yoga as stretching and exercise. You know, if you Google, it's probably someone doing a really cool, um, strong pose, <laughs> um, you know, like a, a handstand or something or another arm balance pose. Um, and then you see it with meditation being uh, called mindfulness and being about mindful breathing. Um, and it's not to say that this is not a part of yoga or meditation. These things aren't a part of it. Of course it is, but that it takes away from the people who um, these practices came from, you know, these practices came from Asia, you know, from South Asia. Um, and so, you know, that's one, one um, part of it that I think is a big part of why you'll see if you Google yoga, why a bunch of white people. Um, and then another thing I think is that, you have to begin to ask, like, who has the time, resources, and money to, you know, open up a yoga studio or another kind of wellness space or center? And I certainly don't. Me, especially as a young uh, woman of color, uh, that's not me. I'm not in that demographic or, or don't have those things to do that. And so, uh, but overall, you know, I, I really think that the problems that I see um, and wellness are also just problems I see in society. You know, that culture appropriation piece is, a, is just another part of white supremacy. And that, you know, piece about who has the money and resources, I think that's just another part of classism. So I don't really see it as something unique out of just something that society um, and many industries are dealing with right now. So how do you, in terms of centering your, your classes around... Um, BIPOC community, what, are the, what does those classes look like? Pre-pandemic, uh, when we could meet in person, um, you know, I, I, what I would do is I would rent out um, a space um, from a local studio when it wasn't in use. Um, and, you know, I would have this event be for BIPOC only, or I think sometimes it was just even more specific. It was for women of color. And so I would um, sort of spread the word about these offerings just through my own network. So I didn't really like go on full force and like told everybody about it, but I told people in my community who then shared it with people in their community, uh, mostly through social media. And, you know, people would come and right away, I would really set up the space with some guidelines um, just to really give people permission uh, just to really give people permission to feel like they can come as they are, feel like they don't need to be looking a certain way um, or, and, or feeling like they need to be worried about pleasing me, the teacher. Um, and that is something that I think is different than, say, the typical yoga space where I think people come in and they're like, oh, like, I better be looking like I'm doing the right thing or, like, I better be making sure that uh, I'm listening to the teacher and that, you know, I, I get, like, some sort of approval from the teacher. And so, uh, for me, it's really about um, letting people know they can come as they are. Um, then another thing that I do is I start off with teaching a little bit of yoga philosophy, um, and that is something that I really don't see much in yoga spaces. Um, 
And because again, people will think of yoga as exercise and movement, and it is. Um, and also, they lose so much of what makes the practice and the tradition rich, which really includes some really beautiful yoga philosophy that can be, you know, for people to think about or to apply to their own lives. Um, so I talk a little bit about that, and then I give people an opportunity to connect with each other. You know, um, people can partner up and share some icebreakers. Um, and I do that to build a sense of community because I don't want people coming in and just practicing um, and then just leaving and never knowing each other again. I really want it to be about community um, and people just coming as they are and sharing a space and practice together. Um, and so I really think about it not just of teaching like poses, um, but really about holding space for people. I, I don't know much about um, the bigger world of yoga, um, but it, you know, I do know sort of the basic stuff that it, you know, it is about sort of movement and exercise, but it's also the other part is about sort of like a spirituality component or sort of like a, and doing some inner work. So it's interesting to hear this, you talk about uh, bringing that aspect in. Um, Cause yeah, I don't know that I've ever actually encountered that in any of the, either the classes I've taken in person or if I've just watched something online, I don't know that that's ever come up before. So one thing I wanted to ask you about is you did some work with the, um, the city of Tacoma. Was that right? About kind of the same Metro with similar stuff. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I, uh, this was pre pandemic, <laughs> pre COVID. Um, I was scheduled to teach three monthly classes at, uh, through Metro parks with, at, at the uh, conservatory at Wright park, you know, which, um, if you don't know, you should go visit or when you can visit, you should visit. It's really beautiful. It's, it's like a greenhouse with a bunch of, uh, plants. Um, and so, yeah, I, I did this partnership with them and, you know, part of the, you know, it's interesting because you're asking me about like representation and wellness. Uh, the thing about this place is that they've had had just, you know, regular general yoga classes open to the public for some time uh, and also like meditation classes. Um, but the supervisor of the place actually reached out to me um, because she had seen that I was doing yoga for women of color um, just in the Tacoma area. And she herself is a black woman. Um, and so she actually reached out to me to um, put this event together. Um, and I should say event, it's supposed to be several events, um, but it didn't happen. The, the other events didn't happen because of COVID. So I was um, doing what I normally do and describe, except um, in a space, uh, in a different space and giving uh, BIPOC a chance to experience wellness and yoga and meditation and in a space um, that's just really beautiful um, and lovely and gives them that sense to connect with both themselves and nature. Um, and so that was really fun. Uh, and I'm, I'm sad that it could not happen more than one time because of coronavirus. <laughs> I wonder, have you heard any feedback from folks who have uh, been taking your courses, you know, um, how are they feeling about having this space, um, you know, to try this stuff out or, um, you know, a space just to be with um, maybe folks who look like them in a, in a world that, um, you know, for so long uh, was never shown to be something they could be part of. Um, I'm wondering what sort of responses or feedback you're hearing. 
Yeah, um, the general feedback is that people are um, just happy that um, spaces such as mine are being created. Um, And the general feedback is that, you know, people, I think, really want spaces like this. And so I'm saying that in case, and this is, you know, I'm probably going to talk about this a little bit later. Like I'm saying this, you know, in case there's a person of color who's listening right now and they're wondering if they want to get into the world of wellness. And and I'm just saying, yes, uh, you should. And there will be people like you who want you and who want to um, experience what you have to offer. I, I think that is a really big part of it. And, and since um, being online, so, you know, now I'm teaching online because of the pandemic, I've had people from not just a local area, but from around the world, um, across the country, you know, people who, you know, just find me thanks to everyone being online now. And they're, it's always very surprising to me because, you know, sometimes I forget that what I am doing, um, even though it's so simple, can feel so meaningful to some people. So I've had in particular Asian women who are very thankful. And in particular, um, I'm Vietnamese American, Vietnamese women who are so thankful to find a Vietnamese yoga teacher because they're like, I didn't know you existed. And I'm like, I totally do. (laughs) So let's, um, let's talk a little bit about, um, doing this work in uh, a pandemic, which is virtual, means virtual work. Um, You know, one thing that I always thought about yoga is it it always felt like uh, interpersonal or, you know, you know, it, at least for me, I think I need to be able to see, you know, like, oh, what this person is doing. And I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that right. Um, but, you know, you and I have spoken before, but you said that it's going really well and that that, that community element, you know, you've, you're kind of making that happen. So I wonder how do you, how do you teach these courses uh, online and, you know, make it still something that people feel connected to? Yeah, you know, I think, I first I just want to say, you know, with what you said is something that I before the pandemic felt as well in in a sense of um, I used to not really like to do online, like uh, say yoga meditation classes. Like if if there is um, an in-person option, I would definitely say yes to that. Um, And, you know, I think, um, doing things online um, has just been something that because it's sort of required that I think whatever hesitations people have, they just kind of, I mean, what's the choice? It's like, I'm just going to be alone and not do something or I could do yoga with a teacher. It just happens to be online. And so I think that is one element of it um, that makes it, you know, maybe a little bit um, easier for business because it basically that's sort of the only option right now, or at least in this state, you know, I know there are some states where they might still allow studios and gyms to open, but in this state, a lot of it is um, most people are doing it online. And I think in terms of the community, um, I, I find, you know, and I can't say this is true for like every teacher and experience one might have, but I find that there is a willingness to be in community, even in a weird online space, you know, even if you, because it's, you know, such a weird um, year. Um, as I like to put it nicely, it's unique circumstances, right? Uh, and so I find that people just really have a willingness, you know, they have a willingness to um, 
talk. You know, they have a willingness to talk afterwards. Um, and I, I sometimes I make space for that. You know, I, I have classes where I design it so that there is space for people to just share towards the end if they'd like to just share how the class was for them or to share if there are um, any questions or any thoughts I have on a philosophy concept I taught with the class. Um, sometimes I just offer, um, I'll just say class is over and you can leave, but I'll be here for the next 10 minutes if you have questions. And so that's one thing I noticed is that in general, there is a willingness to talk and communicate and be in community. Um, and, and I think that that is just happening sort of naturally because that's what people are craving. Um, and also in terms of you saying that you kind of feel like you want to be able to see and know if you're doing it right. Um, I don't focus on whether you're doing it right uh, in my classes. I really focus on how it feels. Um, and so, of course, if it feels uncomfortable, I, I would encourage and I give a lot of permission for my um, students to do what feels right for them and to really choose um, what they need to do. And it does not need to look like me exactly. So um, what's what's next for you? Um, you know, maybe we could split this up short term, long term. Maybe you don't know long term. I mean, does anyone know long term at this point anymore? But you know what's you know what's what's coming up for you? What are what are you thinking? Yeah, so I think for me, um, the short term is just to continue what I'm doing, um, and what I'm doing is is continuing to um, expand my offerings for BIPOC in particular. Um, you know, I do have offerings that I just let anyone go, but I think me. Because I started to teach to BIPOC, it is mostly um, like the demographics of my classes um, are mostly BIPOC. Uh, another thing that I have been doing is just to mentor and support other yoga teachers of color. And that is also really important to me um, because I, I don't want to be the only yoga of teacher in this area who teaches to BIPOC. I shouldn't be the only one. Um, and also another part for me is just to continue myself to learn from and to pay other yoga teachers of color. You know, there's now, especially when we're online, there's so many wonderful teachers from all over the world um, that I get to connect with and learn from. And that is always really exciting. And I think, you know, long-term, what I hope is that people begin to kind of I guess, have more discernment about the spaces that they go into. You know, if you are a white person going into a yoga space or a wellness space, I think perhaps you should ask, why is this space so white? Um, and then if there are even folks of color there, um, I hope that you ask, you know, does this person of color feel safe teaching here or, or being working in this space? Because um, I think that everybody uh, has potential to be a change maker, even if even if just by asking a question to an owner of a place or whoever's in charge of the place. Um, and so that, that's kind of what I'm hoping for in terms of future outlook. We are in this very stressful, um, exhausting, sort of so often scary time. And it does feel like, you know, this would be a good time to be doing, to try out yoga or meditation you know, I wonder if you could speak to sort of like that aspect of it. Like, how do these things, how can these things be helpful to folks right now? Um, I mean, it's helpful generally, but I wonder right now if people are, are needing a way to 
um, unplug from the dumpster fire that is right now uh, and just, you know, feel something different um, for a while. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that the stress is really high right now for a lot of people. And I think that, you know, yoga and meditation can both be practices that allow people to relieve their stress. And, you know, there's all kinds of scientific studies you can look, look up if, if you're just like, I don't believe this chick, you know. Um, but I think on another level, what I think yoga meditation can really help people with is that it can help people connect with themselves. And I think that is what we need to do right now because you use the word, what, dumpster fire? That's putting it very kindly, right? So there's this dumpster fire around us and we're feeling all sorts of way. Um, in my opinion, I think we're all feeling a collective trauma, um, just 2020 in general. Think I, I'm going to think of this year back as like collective trauma, if anything, if nothing else. And so I think if you're able to, you know, connect with yourself um, and really practice yoga and meditation deeply, you know, which includes more than just thinking of it as breathing or of stretching, then I think that there is potential for some self-healing there. And so I think that is what, it, I mean, I, that's my personal experience with it, even right now in 2020. And, and what I try to offer for folks as well is that opportunity to connect with yourself and maybe experience a little bit of self-healing um, along with community, even online. <laughs> Thank you to our guests and thank you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm.